Hi there. It's a great pleasure to have you join us on another exciting edition of the Alumni Podcast, also known as the Alumni Ripples, Life Beyond the Fellowship. The Alumni Ripples Podcast is a series focused on interviewing members and non-members of the alumni community across different pathways. It serves as a peer-learning medium chronicling fellows' experiences and helping them navigate their ways after the fellowship. My name is Judy, and I'm your host for today's episode for the Alumni Ripples. This episode is aimed at providing practical guidance on how to thrive in today's innovation-driven economy. It is often said that those seeking employment into this highly competitive world need a different mix of skills than in the past. What has changed? You may be wondering. The skills in high demand, however, vary from collaboration, creativity, and problem solving to character qualities like persistence, curiosity, and initiative. It is, one of, it is one thing to possess the skills and another to articulate and sell your skills so well during, during interviews. On today's episode of the Alumni Repos, how to ace job interviews like the boss. We'll be discussing how to hone the skills, how to put them into use when we are interviewing for job opportunities. And I'll be speaking with a professional who has a vast experience in employability skills for the 21st century. He is actually one of us. He's a member of the alumni community. And ladies and gentlemen, please let me welcome for Shei Osho, um, who is a HR specialist. Hi, Shei. It's so good to have you joining us this afternoon for the alumni repos. Thank you for doing this with us. Yeah. Good day, Mr. Chide. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast today. And I'm highly delighted to be here, not only as a um, speaker, but also an alumni, one of the alumni of the Teach for Nigeria alumni. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us, Shi, and welcome to the alumni repos. Now, um, you have rightly introduced yourself as the alum, as an alum of the Teach for Nigeria Fellowship Program, right? So I may be wondering, because it's a transition here from the two-year fellowship where you served, you know, in a low-income community to being a HR professional. So you want to briefly tell us what um, made you make that huge um, leap of career from being a classroom teacher to being a HR professional? Okay, um, I think it all started 2018 during the, um, this, uh, the, the Somal Institute training for fellows that are coming on board. And um, during that process, I was able to find myself know what I was really interested at after the fellowship because I believed then that life after the fellowship starts or is initiated when you step into the fellowship because you do not start thinking about life after fellowship when you've left the fellowship. So that initiative I took, I looked within myself, I looked at my strength, what I'm interested in, and I made some decision at that point, which I followed through and really spoke for me. I think at, at that point, I said, yes, I want to go to low income community, devote my two years. But however, I also want to do things that uh, that will count for me when it comes to the space I want to see myself after the fellowship. So for me, I chose HR. And during the period of the fellowship, I asked questions from professionals that I got connected with. I was able to um, go for one or two workshops and sem seminars on how to start my career in HR, even while I was in Ijebu, because then I was supposed to a very interior place in Ijebu. So I had to come to Lagos on two occasions for the training over the weekend. And 
those trainings were high openers for me. They they made me see um, the possibilities in the world of HR, the profession I choose to settle down for, and that was a stepping stone for me. So then I discovered that okay, for me to have a very smooth ride, a very smooth transition after my two years in the fellowship, I need to gain experience. I need to gain certification. So I decided to start a, a certification program while I was in the fellowship. It was daunting. It was taxing because, you know, in class, you need to work in the class. You need to put us together on your projects. And also at the same time, I was doing the PDE program at Bangkok. So it was so daunting and it was so challenging. But I, I just told myself that if I want a smooth ride after the fellowship, I need to put a whole lot of work, which I did. So I, I started my professional exam 2019 February and all through till 2020. So invariably, when we were passing out of the fellowship, I was also being inducted as a chartered um, HR practitioner. There in 2020, so it was something I looked into. It was something I planned for. It was something I see myself doing, and I had to deploy some strategies in place to ensure that I equip myself and position myself for opportunities even after the fellowship. Awesome. Thank you so very much for sharing, Shi. But you know what? We will still come back to talk about how the exp- your experiences on the fellowship you know, okay. is um, counting for you right now on your job. But while I was introducing um, to this episode um, of Alumni Repos, you know, I talked about how highly competitive the job market and the job world is today. So you yeah. have dozens and hundreds of people applying and vying for an opportunity that is only limited to, let's say, two or three people. And so you may be wondering, a lot of people may possess all of the skills that that job needs, but they would all apply and at the end of the day they wouldn't hear anything or as they will say i only got a love letter afterwards so yeah i'd like for you to tell us now right um how do you think that uh, um people should be able to integrate all of their skills and all of their experiences that they've heard in the past how will they be able to sell these when it comes to job interview. I mean, given the fact that you currently are HR and professional in, in one of the top um, big firms in the country today, what would you say are um, some of the skills that one should, you know, bring, um, maybe put into practice before they even go for a job interview? Okay, uh, I would like to start from the first point of a line of question you, you, you may mention of as regards how um, my my experience in the fellowship had enhanced um, what I'm doing right now. While I was in the fellowship, I was so much glued to learning and development. And um, during the fellowship, I think the fellowship gave me something that I would never forget. And to me, it's a gift. And that gift was a mentor- mentorship program. And during the mentorship program, I was very clear about what I wanted. I told, I, I wrote down that I needed a mentor in HR and I was given a mentor in HR. So she really um, helped me fine tune what I wanted to do, how I can relate what I'm doing in the fellowship to what I want to do after the fellowship. Now, let me cite an instance. Um, during the fellowship, I was able to facilitate a lot of um, sections 
ranging from financial inclusion, ranging from um, digital skills and all that. And um, I realized that that in itself, that capacity, it's a learning and development capacity. So for me, I, I use that as an advantage to project myself as someone who, although who is in a fellowship, but doing things relating to learning and development. And that was a huge leverage for me when I got my first um, job after the fellowship. It was a real leverage because it really brought me in a better perspective that, okay, I have these skills, I've gained these skills. And, and it courtesy all what we've been put through during the fellowship. During fellowship, just as most of us don't know how to put ourselves in that light where we want to see ourselves. For whatever we're doing in the fellowship, it counts one way or the other. Take, take for instance, if um, your your BD change project has to do with um, nutrition, and uh, you've been doing well, you've been trying to engage the community, and you've been spending your tentacles during the process of that project, you will have gained a lot of experience that are useful in that sphere. So, after leaving fellowship, you can capitalize on that capacity and project yourself that you've done this at least you have hands-on experience in that area. And that was one of those things that I did then that really um, really counted for me after the fellowship. So I think um, it's something fellows should look into and should really um, pay attention to how can I capitalize on what I'm doing now. Look at the uniqueness of what you're doing. Look at how you can brand yourself on what you're doing so that you can use that experience to project yourself after the fellowship while you are seeking for um new employment after you're seeking for new opportunity in that particular profession but one thing i see is that most people are really vague about what they wanted or what they want in life they're really vague yeah so so so, so I, would, I would i would take you up on that i'm um, talking about people being vague about what they really want out of life it could be even post the fellowship and this may be one of the reasons why there are common mistakes associated with job interviews safe parents you want this and then you got an invite for that position and then you go for the position uh, for the invite for the interview and you are not able to articulate or channel your story um, towards fitting that particular position that you apply for so how do how would people how would you advise people to avoid common mistakes like this you know in job interviews okay um there are a lot of common mistakes in, in in the interview and um, i would like to start based on my experience while in consulting when i was in the consulting firm i handled end-to-end recruitment process i handled and started starting from Chunking out um, adverts, getting CVs, searching CVs, looking out for some things that we see the first criteria, and then moving to this technical criteria that we look into. So, based on those experience, I can say that um, most people um, apply for a job that they know that their past experience cannot afford them when interview comes. Now, take for instance. The fact that you did um, computer science in school and maybe during the period of um, your fellowship year, you didn't do anything relating to to digital skills, maybe like um, training kids on how to use um, Python and you don't even acquire the skills. But you feel because you have the BSc degree after the fellowship, you can apply for anything that has to do with data analytics or maybe social media uh, manager. You may be wrong. Why? Because um, you, you, you don't have the skill set and the skill set is not reflecting 
on your past experience and um, on your CV, so to say. So people would apply for a lot of a lot of jobs, and peradventure they scale to the the selection process. They they move to the interview um, stage. At that time, they will begin to ask them technical questions, questions that are that are experience based, questions that are job specifics, and you realize that people won't be able to answer those questions. They'll be dumbfounded. Why? Because they don't have they don't have prerequisite past experience to really relate with such kind of questions. So that's one one of um, the myths about job interview. And the second thing is people don't really look out for the job description before they really apply or before they go for an interview. I could relate with that because I had an experience a particular time. I applied for an HR um, role at May One Cables around December. I did the test. I did well in the assessment, so I moved to the interview stage. But knowing to me that in the job description, there are various roles for HR. The one I chose was in development. I had forgotten. So during the process of interview, I had two persons interviewing me, and they were asking me questions. I was asking them, but when it got to this job-specific question, I didn't answer well because I've forgotten that I chose HR learning and development. All I was just um, answering question about was recruitment. So it's really counted against me. And at the end of the day, like we used to say, I receive a love letter. And I sat down to really extreme what went wrong. And I went back to the job district and I realized that what I really applied for was HR intern learning and development, not HR recruitment. I mean, this reminds me of what you said, um, she, I'm sorry to cut you there, about when you, when you were introducing yourself, saying that when you were on the fellowship, you had to go for some certificate, I mean, certifications and courses to help, you know, um, put you in line with what you really want to do post the fellowship. So it just goes to, to say that one must learn to develop him or herself in whatever career path they want to actually pursue or choose. It could be life after the fellowship or even, you know, career-wise, right? Yes, 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 that's very key. That's very key. Okay. That's very now, key. having said that, having said that, how would you advise people to overcome this commonly perceived myth about job interviews? You know, there are so many, so many, so many of them, and some of them are very common, but there are some that some people, some of us may not even know that we have, right? But we do have them, and they only show themselves when we actually are invited for job interviews. So, how would you advise that people look out for these, you know, common mistakes? when they are preparing for job interviews. I know you mentioned one, which is about um, going through the job descriptions and knowing how well you fit that role. But what are some other uh, myths that you you may, um, you know, recommend that people look out for and work on themselves? Okay, I think um, uh, one of um, generic, I'll start with the generic one, then I will start with the specific, based on my experience in the process of recruitment and job interview. The first thing doing before you go for a, for a job interview is first um, 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 research about the organization. What the organization do? What are their values? Make sure you have that full information. And if you can help yourself, you have an in-house person could ask some basic questions as regards, okay, this role, what does this role entail in details in, 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 a, in an organizational related way because organization also have uniqueness a role in an organization may be a little bit different from, from how the role is taken in another organization 
So you need to ask those specific questions. After you ask those specific questions, you need to articulate your thoughts. Now, you must be intentional about going for job interviews because people, they are also humans. They, they also give tributes to excellent delivery. So you, you need to articulate, put all what you have in mind to say about yourself in a better perspective. Realize it, go through it. Take, for instance, some people flop at the point of introducing, introducing them, themselves. They wouldn't know how to come up with a very good submission about themselves, what they have done through. Take, for instance, if you have to introduce yourself in an interview, you just say stating your name and your academic qualification does not suffice. You need to tell us about briefly about your work experience, what you've done in the past, and what are your achievements on those roles. Then tell us about your future, um, the future um, goal that relates to that particular profession. So most people don't know about this. And by the time you ask people, graduate, those that have even gone back to you just ask them, introduce yourself. They'll just mention their name, academic qualification, and maybe their state of origin. And that is all. And you ask them, is that all? They'll tell you that is all. That could count against you in a job interview. And also, failure to relate some hypothetical questions to your past experience. Now, some people don't know that in job interview, when you are asked a question, when you ask, when you ask questions, so to say, when you are giving your answer, you need to give your answer relating your perspective on that question to your past experience because they believe that you you have job experience that you can really draw from and really um, bring a good submission on a particular question. So take, for instance, they could ask someone, um, if you are faced, um, have you ever, have you ever uh, have a nagging boss? How have you been able to manage a nagging boss? So you don't just say, I'm good, I'm cool-headed. No, you need to relate your answer to um, a past experience you have with somebody who is difficult, either in your past work or maybe where you've worked before. So it's very key that people should know that when you are asked question in interview, especially um, experience-based question, job-based question, you need to relate them to your past experience and give a wonderful submission. I think, um, and the last thing that I feel people uh, should watch out for when sitting before an interview panel is um, try as much as you can to compose yourself and um, give a, a, a good uh, representation of who you really are. And also, at the end of your interview, ask reasonable and a very intelligent question. Some people don't ask intelligent questions after the end of the interview. Some will ask money, a question about pay and or what they would ponder upon or what they would hammer upon is just how will you pay me what are the prospect and those questions are not really intelligent enough because it shows the interviewers that you are in you just want the job for the money you don't want to contribute anything you don't want to really have value so those things are very important and these are few things that one needs to really um, guide against and one really needs to uh, be constructive about when you seated before an interview panel for an interview all right, thank you so much um, for sharing, Shay. But I quickly want to, you know, take you back to your time as a fellow and post the fellowship. And I'm asking this question because you are now a HR, right? And a lot of people may be wondering, okay, how has the transition been like, especially even you interviewing for this role? Because not a lot of people, um, you know, 
may have an idea on how to go about bringing their fellowship experience and using needs to you know um, vie for another position completely out of the education line so what advice would you give for people who might be interested in transitioning from education to another line completely out of the education how might they be able to you know articulate all of the experiences and use it to sell themselves for the job or opportunities that they um, actually are seeking okay and thank you for the question i think the first um point i will make on this is number one such a person need mentorship 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 i would say that because that is that was the breakthrough point for me and it started during the fellowship about i think some months towards the end of the fellowship we were we were enrolled in the mentorship program and i realized that um what my mentor did was to really um extra my past experience what i'm doing currently and what i want to do so she really did the whole fine tuning she advised me on what to do so i would say mentorship is very key uh, before you leave the fellowship look for someone who is doing well who is a professional in that profession you are hiring then get the person to mentor you so in the press of mentorship a lot of enlightenment will come in place a lot of opportunities could even throw themselves at you that would um, um give you um a starting point in that career because um the the job environment now is experience sensitive and for every opportunity you have to gain experience is like investing in the future so that's play a very key role and number two what also helped me what gave me leverage to make after the fellowship was that i had to um start a professional certification before leaving the fellowship that also counted for me on the order so i would just advise any in any sphere any any profession either in that data analytics or hr or accounting try as much as you can to start a certification before you leave the fellowship if you can conclude stats don't be, be clouded just if you know that you're not going to stay within the confines of education or social um social works try as much as you can to start your professional certification after then um, after you before you even leave the fellowship start preparing or branding yourself as that person that professional then begin to apply when you are applying don't be too much carried away about i need to earn big money merely to leave the fellowship and that's one of the issues with most of us okay you might say okay um, this transition transition is not easy okay i would like to share this that when i started job with a consulting firm i did it voluntarily i was paid allowance i wasn't paid salary so but i was doing the job and i was learning on the job because mm-hmm. after living in fellowship nobody wants to take chance on me because they felt although i had certification i had little experience but the experience is not full enough for them Yeah, so yeah. nobody want to take that chance on me so i just had to i had to I had to strategize based on what my mentor told me he said see you need to you need to go into people you need to tell them who you are you need to tell them what you are so i did that i i busted linkedin i begin to add everybody that i know who who, who is a professional in that space i begin to ask them questions i told them if you have an opportunity for a, for a starter in in your department let me know and so let's make it mr gd uh, it's it's those are those things that helped me 
because <laughs> I, I someone 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 sent me a reply. I sent him a message September last year. He replied me yesterday that he's just seeing my my message <laughs> of just That's trying a to show myself. Yes, just asking that if you have a job opportunity, I have this, I have the certification, I have this experience, and I'm willing to start as an intern as a training just for me to gain hands-on experience. So those things really matters a lot. It's matter a lot to position yourself. And one thing I told myself when leaving the fellowship, I told myself that yes, the transitioning may not be easy, but I'll give it all it takes to make sure that I stamp my foot in this profession. And that was that determination really helped me a lot. My mentor was encouraging me and she was supporting me, giving me job opportunities. And in fact, she even helped me review my CV. She even helped me review my CV. So these are some of the things that one really need to um, do even before leaving the fellowship, even before leaving the fellowship. All right. Uh, thank you so much for um, for sharing, Chi. And if there's one thing that I'm taking away from your last, um, uh, you know, response to the question, it is the fact that transitioning post the fellowship may not come easy, but it yeah. requires a lot of tenacity for us to actually, you know, get whatever it is that we want. And you also have talked about the fact that um, when one wants to transition from a line that they haven't been in for a while, say for instance, you were in the education sphere for two years, and you want to transition to another sphere completely out of education, you might need or you will need a mentor to help you, you know, navigate your ways through um, the terrain of wherever it is that you want to go post the fellowship. I really take that. Um, and thank you so much for sharing. So I'd like to know, um, for those listening now, what um, job applicants toolkits would you recommend for them to, you know, go to in case they want to, you know, prepare themselves for job interviews or just simply make themselves better at whatever it is they want to do? Okay. Uh, I think um, one of the job toolkits that I feel um, it's uh, for everybody is the University of YouTube. YouTube is very large. YouTube is very wide. Just um, type in your subject, how to hack job interviews. Um, you will get a lot of videos. And um, during my period of job searching, everybody's still in that place anyway because you need um, better offers and all that. And I think there's this site called Indeed. Yes, Indeed. And this is a very good site. You can um, sign up with them. They send you job opportunities um, that relates to who your core. Send job opportunities. They send you um, interview um, interview acts that you can read through. How can you write your CV in a compelling manner? How can you present yourself? So those um, newsletters if, if 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 anyone sign up with them they will give newsletter every week and those things will help broaden your rising and will put you in a better perspective and uh, another one that i feel people really people really need to make use of is the linkedin the linkedin 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 is very very powerful i see a lot of um posts a lot of people doing posts on linkedin and um it's good but if you know that um you you are going to have um, a transition after the service. Don't limit yourself to chunking out um, stories about um, about your exploit in school. Also relate your experience to where you're going. So people that are in that line of profession will see you, will appreciate your initiative, will appreciate your intelligence, and 
from there you begin to build a community a community you can reach out to and um i can tell you a lot of job offers have come to people via linkedin via linkedin i the first job i got was through linkedin yeah the person reached out i reached out to the person and i was so tenacious and he reached out back to me and he gave me the offer and the second one almost the second one came through linkedin the person reached out to me on linkedin so we need to know how to use linkedin very well make sure you have if you can't do it yourself do it just employ person people to do a linkedin makeover for you do a linkedin optimization sign up on um go on premium on linkedin so that you have good jobs coming to your inbox and you would apply to one so these are some of the two keys that i feel we could um, just activate and another one that seems very similar is you need to sign up on um, various um job uh, job uh, job on the um, site and maybe whatsapp group those ones can help and um uh, okay i think that's that are uh, just a few ones i can lay my hands on right now all right thank all you. right thank you so much and then if there is one thing again that i'm taking away from that it is the fact that you should learn to link your experiences to whatever path that you want to follow course the fellowship right so if for instance you want to um, um follow a, a career path completely out of the education line it could be in tech for instance you may have to learn to maybe tell your own story in line with maybe whatever you do with your communities i mean with the children in your placement community um in line with let's say maybe tech or yeah. literal computer skills that you taught to the children whilst you um were on the fellowship all right thank you so very much um for that response um so shay before we go i'd like to also say that you were um on the fellowship for two years right and now you're in the hr professional world how would you say that your experience on the fellowship is helping you to navigate your ways currently in your new profession oh, okay um it has in one way or the other because um by and large it's a work experience it's a work experience and um there are a lot of things that that makes up a best fit um candidate or a best fit um employee not only the technical aspect but also the social aspect um the the relational aspect too and i think um one thing that helped me is the ability to engage stakeholders and which i learned pretty well well in the fellowship now in, in organizations organizations now work more in teams rather than probably in department and all that so you work in teams and by the time you work in team you need to engage people outside your team to to either buy into what you're doing the activities of your team or try to get their attention to getting some things done so that um that um stakeholders engagement really paid off for me big time it paid off for me big time and um another thing that paid off for me that learning the fellowship um is 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 ability to to let me just say multitask you need to do a lot of things at different time i need to deliver on them multitasking because some of us are i was really i was really low on that scale when i came into the fellowship but due to the engagement due to the tax given to me those things i need to do i have no other choice choice than to come up and to just live beyond where i was when it comes to multitasking 
and that's really counted for me and also the project i i, I really um, settled down for with my team then doing the beauty chain project really opened my eyes because i got to i got to do a lot of l&d during that particular project i did a lot of l&d learning and development pardon me learning and development okay. a lot of, because there is this aspect of hr that is one of the functions hr learning and development so um what i what we did in our project and the role i played more more during that project is was l&d trying to like um organize strategize on how to execute um execute workshop execute trainings and which we eventually um, did during the pandemic the vactra conference we had then so those experiences was where where we are available for me to gather because i was in the fellowship and because i really put myself throw myself into something worthwhile that, that i know will count for me after leaving the fellowship so awesome. it's it's really it was really helpful it was really helpful awesome thank you so much you talked about stakeholder engagement you know ability to network with people who probably are in the line as you you talked about teamwork ability to work with people as well and multitasking you know those are some of the skills that you learned on the fellowship which have been instrumental to where you currently are today a very very big thank you to you Oluwashe Yosho for finding time to be with us on this episode of Alumni Ripples and um, thank you so much Shay, for being here today. thank is you thank you is there a final word that you want to leave with uh, the alumni community before you go oh, that you okay Okay, I would like to say this um, for um, uh, all the alumni is that um, we just need to keep adding value to ourselves. We need to be clear about what we want to become. And um, I realized that um, when you're doing the process of recruitment for the fellowship, um, a lot of interviewers ask, what, are your five, what is your five-year plan? So the five-year plan is realistic. We need to really uh, plan for where we're going and um, we need to really push at that. We need to fight. Fight for what you feel um, belongs to you. Fight for the space that you know you you, you need to hand. So you need to fight for, for everything you need to, to, to hand in life. And I think that will give us the, the can-do spirit, just the, the die-hard spirit that until I achieve this, I'm not going to rest on my learns. And um, also, I would like to encourage um, potential alumni and alumni please let's let's cherish networking let's 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 pay a huge um price a huge price tag on networking a lot of a lot of benefit comes through it i could realize that um a lot of job opportunities are chunked out week in week out via alumni platform and through the newsletter sent to us almost every week and uh, a lot of people are, are really are really are really are really happy and they've really um in, uh, again um, um employment through those platforms yeah. we should keep doing that right. and let's keep connecting to ourselves it can't get All better right. than that absolutely true thank you so much keep adding values to yourself and fight for the space that you think you deserve thank you so much once again Shayu, for being with us this afternoon it's a pleasure to thank have you. you thank you so yeah, much it's, it's a privilege yeah, this podcast, as you may already know, is powered by the alumni department at Stitch for Nigeria. And I've been your host, Olajide Omojarabi. From all of us here, we wish you the very best as you reach for that which you always wish for. Thank you so much for joining us. Until the next episode of the Alumni Ripples, keep fighting and keep winning. Bye-bye.
Bye.